Hello, this is your host, Sunita Bagri. I am the founder of the Every Teacher Matters Project. Welcome to the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. Each podcast has a core focus around the well-being of our teachers, school leaders and educational staff. The Teach Well Alliance works proudly in partnership with the Every Teacher Matters Network to raise awareness of well-being and mental health for our teachers and school staff. We're so pleased that you're able to join us on today's podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. I am really excited about today's guest who I have had the pleasure of meeting over well over a year ago now, um, Ivy Wong, who is a teacher, former teacher, and I'm looking forward to her introducing herself and telling us more about her and where she is and, and her experiences to date. But just before I do that, I want to capture the recent article in the Times Education Supplement around tackling the loneliness of teaching in a pandemic. Now, offline, Ivy and I have spoken about the mental health of teachers and how significant this is. And clearly, we are both not working in schools right now, although we have many head teachers and teacher colleagues that we speak to on a daily basis. So we understand that right now, teaching can, you know, can possibly not be more lonely than it is. And this is exactly what this article says. There's a lot that schools can do to fix that loneliness. So I'd like to give a shout out to John Tomset, who is the head teacher in this school. And the article has been written about what he's uh, done in his school. So some of the fabulous things in terms of, you know, uh, supporting his staff. He talks about one of his biggest fears being an, around the new academic year was that school would no longer be a social place for staff and that joy would disappear from the job. And actually what he's done is really acknowledged that fear and given a number of different suggestions in terms of what you can be doing in your schools to be supporting the well-being of your teachers. And there is no doubt huge, huge impact of the coronavirus on teacher well-being. And it is a very, very lonely place. So I'm going to talk now to Ivy around her experiences, because some of the conversations we've had off air are not just around the loneliness in the pandemic, but actually, actually the loneliness that can be experienced by teachers all, to, all the time in our teaching jobs and actually what the pandemic has done is just exacerbated that for us. So without further ado I'd like to introduce today Ivy Wong. So Ivy welcome to the Every Teacher Matters Network podcast. Hi and um, thank you Sunita for um, you know uh, asking me to come on board. Uh, yeah this is this is exciting. It is very exciting. I know um, we've spoken a few times as well about you joining us as an associate and I'm looking forward to that with uh, that next conversation that I think will very naturally happen when you're ready because I know you've supported the work that we do. Um, so just tell us about yourself Ivy. Who are you? You know tell us about your your experiences within the teaching profession. Okay, so um, I'm originally from Australia. I trained in Australia as a teacher and um, worked there for a number of years before coming to London. Um, I came here in 2014 just to experience the um, the new curriculum, um, just you know, a, a different type of education system, and um, yeah, really, really different contrasts. Um, 
you know, not only are the, uh, this, this, I mean, the curriculum is kind of similar, but, you know, but I guess the, 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 the system and, and the way things are run are very, very different. And also the, the kids are very different. Um, I'm seeing that uh, schools are starting earlier here, like uh, my year ones um, that I teach here are a lot younger than the year ones that I teach in Australia. Um, in Australia, they're much more independent and really ready for school in terms of academics. Yeah, so interesting. When you and I spoke um, several months ago now, I was desperate to have you, you know, uh, on, on an interview for the podcast because I knew that the value you're going to be adding to what the listeners uh, are going to take from this is going to be really, really essential and, and really informative in terms of your experiences there. Uh, and actually, I've asked you to be a contributor to, to the book that I'm compiling as well at the moment. And I'm really grateful for that because I know we won't have enough time to cover all of that today but I'm so looking forward to receiving your chapter so I can reread that and, and go through that because I, I genuinely felt so um, just so touched, so inspired and just so heartwarming to, to hear about that experience of, of what you did for, you know, all the children that you taught back in Australia. And, and I felt genuinely very saddened by the fact that you felt that your wings had been clipped when you came over to this country and that's exactly how you know so many of our teachers are feeling and they haven't actually experienced teaching outside mm -hmm. of the UK so for you I can only imagine how stifling um, that whole experience would have been so Ivy what are you doing now you know since you've come into the UK you know are you, are you um you know you're still teaching I'm not teaching anymore. I think um, I, I really, I actually got a life coach um, whilst I was teaching um, and, and realised that the values in the education system here really didn't align with my own. And so I decided to quit uh, my job at the end of 2018 and um, started my own educational um, business called Little Ivy League. Um, and it's mainly around focusing on social and emotional learning for children because what I feel, um, especially in the UK, is that we don't we don't allow our children to to experience that social and emotional learning side. Um, like academics is really really pushed down here, and. And that doesn't exactly agree with me because what I feel is that when we lay the foundations for our children, when they have that strong social and emotional development, they will be ready for academics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Little Ivy League, um, I'm currently uh, teaching social and emotional classes online via Zoom uh, and, and also coaching um, parents and children so parents on how they can help um, develop social and emotional learning in their children I, I love that and I totally agree you know that character education and yeah. developing those habits of mind in our children developing those skills as you say around social and emotional those found they're the foundations and we we as teachers know that we know that so why, why are we not allowed to you know do what we know how and how we know to do it best you know and that that's the problem and that's why we're losing so many teachers and that's why it's important to talk about these things so 
sounds like from what you've just described there sounds like you're having you know you're living your purpose now you're coaching and and having a coach yourself during your years as a teacher I'm obviously as you know I'm a coach as well and and the Every Teacher Matters Network has a has a team of associates who are also coaches that work with with other teachers now to add value and to do you know what you you know what you uh, experienced yourself can I ask you to just maybe uh, give us some of the highlights of what the coaching process did for you okay so uh prior to the coaching process i was actually i think i was going through mental health uh myself and um i had a lot of anxiety um uh, i was i was not sleeping i was not eating um and I think what I, what kept me together were, were the kids in my class. Like I love teaching because of the kids, uh, but other than that, you know, the the workload was 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 kind of piling up. Um, so the highlights of life coaching was that it really helped me to um, realign myself with my values, realign myself with why I became a teacher in the first place. It really helps me to you know really reminded me of what what mattered to me the most as um, being a teacher um and it gave me the confidence to you know to become that teacher for that year before i i quit my job um and 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 might i say like for the four years that i've been here that that last year of my teaching because i was really able to become who i wanted to be as a teacher I actually ended up enjoying uh, my time a lot more as a teacher. Um, that does come with consequences, <laughs> I guess, because, because, you know, rather than following some of the curriculum, I'm going, okay, well, the kids don't need this. What they need is for us to connect. What they need is for us to um, really build that relationship. So I'm going to start there instead. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and that kind of brought back purpose for me that's lovely that really is I'm I'm just um in awe of what you've said because when you you think about where you were to then what happened when you had coaching and and how it brought you back to your purpose is just so wonderful and I get that asked that question a lot like you know teachers genuinely don't always understand a, what they can do to look after their well-being, and B, what difference a coach would make. Well, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't know, guys, if you're listening in, then just to say that Ivy said she was suffering from anxiety, not sleeping, not eating, and you know, she knew that she loved the children, but actually the workload was hammering her. So after the coaching process, realigning with values and, you know, just really connecting again with her why and what she was doing and, and, and confidence was a key word there, Ivy. So mm. thank you so much because, um, you know, genuinely anybody that is a coach knows the power of coaching and we love making a difference in people's lives. It's literally the reason we live. Yeah. And there's no exaggeration there, is there, Ivy? Like, no. It is yeah it, that's the purpose and and I find that and and that's what I find the difference between the um the teaching here in Australia is because and I told my husband this I was like I I have not felt like a teacher until I came to the UK because in Australia teaching is very much about facilitation 
And it's about giving the opportunities for the child to learn. So you're really a coach in Australia when you're teaching. You're asking a lot of questions and you're, you're drawing it out of the kids rather than teaching them information that then gets regurgitated. Yeah, I just um, I love and it. Just, yeah. And then, oh, sorry, can I just add something as yeah, well? So, you know, previously talking about the anxiety that I had, like I, I remember going to myself and, and, you know, when I first realised I was having these anxieties and not feeling grounded myself, I knew, I knew that I had to go into school early and I knew I had to stay later because I knew that I had to get more prepared for my lessons the next day or that following day um, than I normally would. And it was because I, I don't, I just have this, like, I'm, it's kind of this connection that teachers have with their kids. And it almost feels like kids, they don't, they don't see you as a, like, they don't see you and how you look. They actually connect with your energy and they connect with the frequency that you have so that's why when I was dealing with the anxiety I was actually working more because I didn't want to affect my kids but at the end of the day there were days where it still affected the kids not because I wasn't acting as a good teacher but because they really felt my energy and my class is normally amazing you know they're, they're really really well behaved and, you know, there would be days where my anxiety got to me so much where I saw the kids kind of on the mat and they're rolling around and then one of them's crying and another one's talking and it looked messy. My classroom looked messy and it was a, a pure direct reflection of how I was feeling inside. I'm just writing this down actually Ivy I'm writing this down because what you've just said there is so astute and you would have had such a good understanding of yourself to a you know again it saddens me to accept acknowledge the fact that you were having to work harder to manage the anxiety which is what happens and that's where you know that's where it starts isn't it that's where that downward spiral of burnout starts so you're working harder to manage it but actually this, what you touched on there has, has really, you know, struck a chord with me because, you know, as you know, you, you know quite a lot about my sort of journey and story as well. And mental health and personal development, they're really important pillars of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I know as a young child that was, was not always in the best environment, you know, going into school was my safe space, having the best teachers was so important to me and my personal development because they inspired me, they made me feel grounded, safe, secure, all of those things that as teachers were expected to, to do. But unless you realise that and understand that, you can be very oblivious to what's playing out in front of you. So I'd just like to say, wow, uh, to, you know, and acknowledge the fact that you were so self-reflective and you understand the power of your influence because as teachers I love saying this to teachers we are influences we are influencing all of those children all year long that
but you know we have the the pleasure and the privilege of teaching so again if listeners aren't clear as to how coaching can help then coaching really helps you to become self-reflective and self-evaluative and actually really wakes you up to yourself because there are so many teachers that are not you know there's this unconscious bias going on and they're not clear as to why the behavior might be poor and often you know you know yes of course you know children do display poor behavior and and I'm, I'm sure that you'll agree with me there's always a reason where behavior comes from as well and you know it takes a holistic approach to tackle that but actually sometimes that behavior can be inspired and affected from the, the teacher themselves so thanks so much for sharing that that's so so on point and so important and I hope that the listeners will at least take a little bit of self-reflection time from what you've just shared there thank you thanks ever so much Ivy so um we've you know we've talked about your your brief experience and as I say I'm, I'm looking forward to to your written version and um you know talking about that more and, and sharing that with with our audience widely when we have that ready but tell us why you loved you know what when you were in the job and take us back to Australia if you must you know because certainly I know when when we spoke about it you were you were absolutely lit up from talking about the the impact that you had upon children back there so what did you love about your teaching experiences so what I most loved about um, teaching in Australia was the the freedom that I got with teaching my class so I had full um, what is it called what is that word is it autonomy autonomy yeah yeah and full autonomy over my class and 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 what I loved about it was that the the teaching and the learning was all child-led so it was based on what the children were interested in and um and you know if it's okay to share um you know I had I was actually leaving the school at the end of uh, one of my my years at, at, at a school and um uh, the kids found out about it and so they were like why are you leaving why are you leaving us and I was like well because I actually want to go to Nepal for like about four to six months um I want to take a break and I want to volunteer to teach there and so they they kept on asking me you know what is volunteering why do you want to do it for free when you can be teaching here and so they were so interested in Nepal that I ended up just um, telling them about about the poverty in Nepal and, and and they couldn't believe it they couldn't believe the contrast and so we ended up doing this 10-week um, topic on you know the poverty of Nepal mm. and I mean it, that 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 really changed my life and that really changed um, how I saw um, how I saw us as teachers you know, because we can really make a difference to to children and 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 actually help them to become leaders of tomorrow. And um, you know, during this ten week um, topic, we you know we learned about um, the world. Uh, we we learned you know th through all our um, areas of learning. So you know, we learned how to make art um, around the world. We you know, in uh, design and technology, we learned um, how to uh, make food from around the world. We learned reading and writing through recipes around the world. You know, um, we understood, you know, uh, so we don't have geography over there, but we have um, social studies. So, you know, we understood social studies through comparing what 
uh, Nepal was like to what Australia was like and and the poverty and and like what a child in Nepal had to go through compared to a child in Australia and a lot of these things gave you know gave the kids gratitude for what they have right there in Australia they it it, it gave them a purpose of why they came to school because because other children in the world aren't able to go to schools even though they want to you know it really changed the dynamics of my classroom it really um it i mean it gave them purpose to learn you know some of them really wanted to express um you know express themselves in writing and they didn't they couldn't write so it gave them a purpose to learn to write so you know my phonics class became purposeful you know my maths class became purposeful because at the end of the um the 10 week topic we actually created a fundraiser and this was all the children's idea so all i did was facilitate all i did was create a passion that was that was you know um i mean that was that was filled but filled by you know their their sadness and anger to want to do something different and so so we talked about it you know what what should we do to help these children in nepal and um and and i knew i had it in my mind what we could do but i needed i needed it to come out from the children and so they ended up going well you know we could send our mom and dads to nepal and so that they can build schools <laughs> and i was going well you know is that a good idea who's going to look after you and all that stuff and um and, and they were like okay maybe that's not a good idea so i was like okay so what what can we do that is a better idea and they ended up going well you know we could send money over there so that they can buy food and and water and fresh water and um get an education builds and ask people to build schools over there so i was like okay well how can we get money and you know like they were like oh we can ask our moms and dads for it so then we talked about money and finances as an exchange for goods and services So I was teaching these 5 to 8 year olds uh because unfortunately where I was I actually had um four year levels I was teaching four year levels at the same time so I was teaching a, a um so what you would call here is it foundation no um what's before year 1 um reception year 1 year 2 and year 3 so they were all in the same class yeah and um and then and then so you know one of the year 3 said well you know we need to make money so then it, it became a financial education kind of thing it was very holistic yeah. and um and we decided to do an art exhibition because because with all the the artwork that they had produced from around the world they were able to sell that and so 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 maths became meaningful for them you know adding and subtraction and money and you know different currencies became meaningful for them um and then you know and then we you know we learnt you know we learnt different types of things you know we learnt ad- how to advertise we learnt how to sell you know we learnt how to become teachers ourselves because the best way to learn is to actually teach So these children at the end of the 10 weeks I said to them you you now know everything about Nepal 
and you now need to be teachers to your family, to your friends, to the community. And so they went out there and they talked to the community. They were networking. And these are five to eight-year-olds, you know. So I don't believe that nothing... I don't believe that nothing is impossible, you know, because as, as long as you're, you know, you're creative enough and, and you believe in the kids enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the day that we had the, the, um, the uh, art exhibition, I gave them roles. So some of them were auctioneers. Some of them were curators. You know, some of them stood outside and collected donations Um you know, and uh, and it was just such a holistic experience. And at the end, like that day, I stood back and I watched because 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 they didn't need guidance. They didn't need to be taught anything because what they were taught were life skills already that then created this amazing art exhibition that they ran themselves. And, and, I, and I actually stood back, watched them and, um, and talked to the parents, you know. We even talked, you know, I mean, like prior to the art exhibition, we even talked about responsibility and being accountable for each other's actions because there were money involved. I wasn't sure how much money. I knew we could probably raise about $200 because if I added all the artwork up, which was like $1 or $2 here and there, it would probably make about $200. Wow. Um, so I knew that $200 for these children, five to eight-year-olds, is big. Is a big deal. It's, it's a lot of money. And so, you know, like we talked about what, what would happen if, if we accidentally um, gave the wrong change or if we accidentally um, lost money or if we accidentally put it in our pockets. <laughs> um, you know, and then so some of them were like, well, that's stealing. Um, so we talked about the accountability and what we could do to be accountable for each other's actions and to be responsible for, for it. And, wow. you know, it's, it was, so much. there's just so much you, you, I'm, there is so much here that listeners are going to be, I think from, you know, what I know of the, the profession and colleagues and having worked in the, profession for over 20 years myself there's going to be so many people saying or thinking this is exactly how we should be teaching and exactly what I would be doing if I were allowed and given the autonomy that you said and you you mentioned that that word autonomy and it's so so essential to our teachers well-being you know when you feel autonomous like you did in that example well look at what you you know you were buzzing um Ivy when you were talking about that obviously (laughs) You know, for the benefit of the listeners, I'll just let you know that we're, we're having a conversation over Zoom. So we're having a very personable conversation. We can see each other. Obviously, you're just listening to this, but I can see Ivy buzzing. She is absolutely buzzing. And I, I have to confess that she's told me this more than once now. And every time she tells me, she is just this, you know, this is genuine and so, so heartfelt. Um, so what you experience and what you've just shared about that is, yeah, you use the word holistic, completely agree. It's child-centered, it's innovative, it's dynamic, it's enriching, and all of that contextual learning that has taken mm. place. And, you know, you weave that so naturally into all of the areas of the curriculum. Now, I think that there will be some listeners thinking, well, this is how we used to do it. And yeah, I, I have to admit, in my early, early sort of years of teaching, which is going back 20 years now, 
definitely you know I can I can see some of those experiences that you shared that I, I was you know I was in some great schools early on in my career and I, I did have the opportunity to you know have those experiences too and um, so isn't this just telling us something folks you know we're sat here with a you know you're listening to this podcast and you've got you know me for, that's been in the profession for 20 years and then you've got Ivy who's come over from Australia and you know we're both feeling that we've had our wings clipped and we're feeling this you guys must be feeling this as well so just what a wonderful experience to share with us um thanks so much ivy for, for talking to us about what obviously lit you up and, and made you feel so alive thanks we've talked a little bit already about the um you know some of the challenges that you've had in terms of you know what you did to overcome them and i think what's come through very very strong is your passion and your purpose and what you're here to do and what you're aligned to do so what I'd like really like to ask you to share with us now um, is because we are in the middle of a pandemic and you know teachers well-being has never been more important and part of what we're trying to do here through the podcast is to to say that the Every Teacher Matters Network is here if you'd like to join our events if you'd like to be part of our community then please get in touch with us by looking you know you can join our website and uh, everyteachermattersproject.com but what would you be saying right now because we spoke off air about some of your own friends that you know are literally just about getting through the day with what they're dealing with so what would you say uh, would be your advice to to teachers right now I would say I mean I think I think with something like this obviously I haven't I haven't experienced this myself but as as a teacher I think it's so important to you know look after yourself first you know because if you burn out then everything just goes down the drain so for me, how I kind of overcame my burnout and my anxiety was, was to really just set a, like, set a certain time for myself because teaching is a profession that never ends. You know, we go home and we still think about the kids. We go home and we still think about tomorrow's lessons. So what I really had to do, especially here in the UK, is really to set a time and go, okay, well, once I step outside of those, those, that school door, I am not thinking about school or, um, or, or, or my marking or anything. I'm even, I'm, I'm leaving marking there. So I, you know, I'm thankful that I don't have a car because otherwise I'd probably bring it home. But usually I would stay until about 5.30, o'clock and then that would be it. And then when I leave that school ground, I won't be thinking about teaching because I need... I need that me time back. Yeah. Um, and then, and then again, it's, you know, have like, for me, it was really important for me to have a morning ritual that started my day off positively, which meant, you know, a meditation and just sitting there with myself and just knowing how grateful life is at the moment. Yeah, that's sound advice sound advice so taking time for you so important because we talk about filling our cups and people don't always know what that means so you know what I take from that well-being advice you've given is about taking that time in the morning to fill your cups up and actually enforcing your boundaries you know at the end of the day enforcing your boundaries to say this is where I this is me time now and this is where I switch off because you're absolutely right 
the profession isn't one that uh, has a clock on and you know finish does yeah. it so clocking on and clocking off time so we have to put those in ourselves you're absolutely right ivy i'm just been such a pleasure really i've just been in awe of, of the conversation with you again today uh, it's been an absolute delight to have you on if the listeners would like to get in touch with you and find out more about the coaching work that you do or i love um the little ivy league as well <laughs> Sam, we're definitely have to have another conversation about that but if they'd like to get in touch with you about either of those how can they reach you so they can reach me on www.ivywong.co.uk and i will have all the information there for them perfect and I'd, I'd encourage you to do so if you're if you're in need for some inspiration I know that after listening today you will be feeling most inspired and hopefully if you're feeling a bit flat and thinking this is out of my reach um, then you know maybe you could speak to Ivy about how that could become a possibility for you because we, we are very hopeful that coaching is an absolute lifeline for so many of our teachers Thank you, Ivy, so much for coming on today. And I look forward to our continued collaboration. Thank you. I do hope you enjoyed listening to today's Every Teacher Matters conversation. It is our mission to be the voice of our amazing school staff. You can find out more by visiting everyteachermattersproject.com or contacting me directly at contact at Thanks for listening.